It's WRQK.com. If you missed yesterday's program, you can pick it up right there via the podcast. We have Canton Charge tickets for you today. We'll pass those out. It is also New Turd Tuesday, so you're getting new Hanson, new Jake Owen featuring Parmalee, and the Foo Fighters. Now, this will be our final installment of New Turd Tuesday before the Christmas holiday, so we have gone Christmas tune crazy. Oh, geez. So you're getting Christmas tunes for New Turd Tuesday. Joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, I am uh, not happy. Okay. Sam's very upset about something. I'm I'm unhappy right (laughs) now. So I'm preparing to board a flight on Friday right. to go to Las Vegas to see the family, right? right? And I'm pretty excited about that, but I've, I've been in preparation of. So I've like downloaded stuff from my Netflix queue to my device so like I can watch it offline on the plane. They got this new uh, this new series, Dark, that everybody's telling me is really good. about. Um, it's about kids being murdered. Apparently it's like 30 years apart, but the cases are all very similar. Okay. And so they think there's something going on there. And uh, so I downloaded that and you know a couple of documentaries to the phone, so I have them for the flight. Happy. So I started, you know, thinking about all right. Well, now we got to start packing. Like, so let's figure this out. You're a weirdo about this, aren't you? I am a little bit of a weirdo right. on this. Like, I try but not I to pack um, old socks or old underwear. I use it as an excuse to buy new things, put it in the plastic there, and just take it on the bag and take it there. Right? Do that whole thing. But I, you know, I'm not going to buy everything new. So I was like, all right. Well, let's get the laundry done, and then we'll have it ready to go. That way, you know, at the end of the week, I can just like put it in the bag and we can go. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, honestly, it's it's weird. Like starting off vacation, I've kind of been in that same mindset of like, dude, get stuff done now. So, so you when don't have to do anything. It's like you can like you're done. You're not doing anything. You, you right. can legitimately right. just hang out and relax. Okay. Right? Okay. I get you. So. I have hookups in my apartment, but I don't have machines. So we've talked about this on the show a couple of times. I have my laundry done. Okay. I, I view my time as worth the money. Like to sit in there for four hours or whatever to get it done. By the time, you know what I mean? Like let's pay somebody, you know, whatever. But by the time, my time's worth my money. So it's like for what they charge me to do it, I just have them do it. And I mean, let's be real. You have to pay at the laundromat. Right. It's not like that's a cheap thing. So now it's and, my time and my money. And you have to be in the laundromat. And I'm sorry. Like, dude, that is an experience I just don't want anything to do with. I agree with you 100% on that, dude. Like that's. Ugh. So I drop it off and have it done. Okay. All right. And now I'm not going to tell you the name of the place where that I use because historically, I have done nothing but praise the crap out of yeah, them for how great they've been. Yeah, you have. Right? All I've done is is praise that business, right? And they've been fantastic to me since I started, since I moved down here. Okay. I just happened to stumble across them, used them once, it worked out great, and I just kept going back twice a month probably it is, right? And so... I dropped it off, you know, I think it was late last week or whatever, and then I picked it up, and it's always really well done. Like, everything's folded, it's in plastic bags and tied off or whatever, so you just take it on and drop All it right. off. So I didn't open it, however, until yesterday, right? So I had picked it up Friday, didn't need anything of the clothes that were in it until yesterday, so I didn't open the laundry order, right? So, like, I'm opening it, and I'm like, well, where's this? And then, well, where's this? And, oh, my God, I'm missing a bunch of this. <laughs> And, oh, my God, that pair of jeans is in here. So I was like, all right, no big deal. I have a meeting up at Wakeham. So I'll go to that. I'll do that. Did that yesterday. was up at Wakeham Honda. Dude, wait till you see that 2018 Honda Accord, by the way. Okay. Oh, my God, dude. That okay. new Honda Accord, they restyled the body. 
Oh my God, does that thing look good? A little upgrade or anything. Oh there. my God. Yeah. Like I said to him yesterday, I'm in danger of turning my car in and picking up a 2018. That new Honda Accord is beautiful, dude. I, I will say, I think over the past five years, a lot of cars have become nondescript. They all kind of look the same. Blend they together. all look better than they did, you know, 10 Agreed. years ago, but they all have become kind of like homogenized. I said to I said to Craig Wakeham, I was like, dude, this new Honda Accord kind of looks like a BMW 5 series. Jeez. He's like, dude, tell everyone that. Jeez. <laughs> he was like, dude, scream that from the mountaintops. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that new Honda Accord looking sweet, right? So I was like, all right, so this place is on my laundry mats on my way home from where Wakeham is. So I'll just stop by on my way home, right? So I go in there and I said, and, and, and so it should be pointed out that when I picked up my clothing, the woman who was working the counter was on the phone and she's like, you're Stansberry, right? I said, yeah. I said, I think I see it right there. She And when she handed it to me, I said, it's just these two. And she was like, no, wait, you have stuff on hangers. And then she gave me that. And I was like, it's just this stuff because it looked light to me. Okay. And so then I, she was like, yeah, no, that's it. And so then I left. So then on my way home from the meeting yesterday, I stopped in there. And that woman's there and another woman is there. All right. But of course, the woman who was on the phone the first time, on the phone the second time. So I go in there and I said, um, I'm pretty sure I picked up my laundry the other day. And I'm missing, I know for sure, a pair of jeans and like, you know, some underwear and there's some other stuff that I'm not. I was like, I know it's underwear because I brought it all here and there's nothing in my house because I brought it all here. So like, it's, I, I know, like, we're, we were at the end of the cycle. Like, so okay. like, I know, I know this stuff, it, I know this stuff was brought here. And she was like, well, I don't. None of it's here. And there was no effort whatsoever to be like, she just said, she's like, well, check your house again and then let us know. I was like, well, because I'm going to magically find it in my house the right. second time I look. Like, right. I didn't thoroughly look for a pair of jeans and like every single pair of underwear I have. And so I started thinking about it. And it's not a ton of money, but Fantone, I'm betting it's probably $50 a month is what I end up spending there on, on a good month. Okay. No, I mean, but that's keeping, you know, at $50 a month, you know, customers are something to be cherished, I think. I mean, if that's you what could, I you thought know. getting in my car on the way home. I was like, dude, I got to tell you, for, for mo- most people probably don't do this and view this as a waste of money. And if you got a guy who's coming here twice a month who legitimately uses it, like, I, I just, I don't know what I guess I wanted him to do, but like a little effort, I don't know. That's what I was going to say is I think that's probably the most frustrating part there. And like, yeah, if you're a regular customer there, enough so much that she knows you. Now, did she know you Stansberry, i.e. the Stansberry show or Stansberry, hey, you're the dude that comes in here and drops off all of his underwear? I think it's one of those things where they learn my name because of how many times I used it. And then through that, like figured they just out. figured it. People were like, oh, well, you know, because like, I was a little concerned there. Did like this woman steal your underwear? Is she like smelling them at home or something like that? I mean, I mean is that she even can a smell possibility? Them from the bag when I dropped them off. Why do you got to take them home? I don't, I mean, I don't know. Well, I say for like some sort of weird sex thing. You know what I'm saying? I like, mean, impossible. Right? I don't. I don't think so. They don't look like creeps. Like they seem like very nice older. Like and here's the thing. Like the woman who who I like. Who like reminds me of like your you know your grandma? Okay. She wasn't there. Like there's a woman who's like really nice to me in there and like so nice to me. Always talks to me about my mom. Thinks it's great. I'm going to Vegas. Like that whole thing. And normally takes great care of me. Wasn't there. So I almost want to go back when she's in there the one day because the woman yesterday that I asked she goes well I did your order. I'm looking at the receipt and I was she was like so I mean it's packed and I was like 
Okay, so, but you think you did it, but it's not there. Like, I know right, it's not there. Right. It's not there. Somewhere like, along the line, I don't put jeans here. other places. Um, like, they go in this thing here, or they go in this part of my closet, or they go in the bag to bring here. Now, I, I know over the past year, or maybe even longer than that, you've been working on... It's like a first since, world problem, right? Well, no, that's not that bad. I mean, there's a frustration of your daily life. But ever since the Walmart incident, where you almost got into a physical altercation in the parking lot, I know you've tried to recently be a little bit more like, dude, I'm going to try to stop sweating, you know, the small stuff, try to be a little bit more reserved. Was not angry. Do you feel like if you would have, like, caused a stink there yesterday, maybe they would have reacted a little differently? Or I, like, there was like, a moment driving home where I was a little jealous of those people that can do that. Where it's like, I don't necessarily, I didn't want to yell, I didn't want to scream, bitch, right. but I would have been like, dude, a little, being a little firmer and getting something out of this, I'm jealous, I guess, of people who have that in them, because I just don't have that. And again, I think my job weighs into that because what you don't want is people going, dude, let me tell you who's a dick. Yeah, it's that guy. Like, dude, he thinks he's so, you know what I mean? Where it's like, I don't, I think, you know, like my friend Jessica is one of these. Like she can get on the phone. I lived with her forever. And so like when somebody would screw me over, like the cable company just throwing something out there, right? And they would like bill you too much. Yeah. I'd get her on the She'd phone. Get that tone of voice. And she's just a verbal pit bull. And dude, all you do is just give Jessica what she wants so she'll be quiet. Right? And like she's one of those. And so like every once in a while I'll use her as the enforcer. Like, yeah, get in there. <laughs> give me my stuff. Because I just dude, I don't feel right about it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. So now, dude, now I gotta go to Belden Village Mall of all oh, places this bruh, week. This bruh, week to bruh. buy new clothes to buy new jeans and stuff to wear to Vegas because I don't have stuff to wear now. I went to Belden yesterday oh, for a couple of things and dude, it was so bad. Brutal, it was right? so bad. And I got so frustrated I had to leave and I was just like, dude, I can't even try Seriously. to buy this. Yeah, I was just so, and it, dude, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. It wasn't oh. It wasn't even like, you know, it wasn't like, all right, six o'clock, everyone's getting off work. They're trying to make that last push. I was like, dude, this is a good time to be there. If you have to go to Belden Village, God bless you, bro. So what I was thinking I was going to do is go Thursday in between work and our Christmas party. That way I wear the snazzy new threads to the Christmas party, <laughs> and then you know what I mean. And then I'll leave for Florida, I'll leave for Vegas the next day. Go to Goodwill, dude. You're gonna have a better time there, bro. Goodwill <laughs> this dogs. week. Go, go. <laughs> That's a coin flip and a half right there, isn't it, Canton? Goodwill or or, or Belden uh, during the week before Christmas, dear. Lord, we'll get you guys hooked up with those Canton Charge tickets at 9.30 this morning. Also, there's something that happened in Los Angeles last night that I cannot wrap my head around. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Woo! Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Let me just, uh, let me explain to you what I've just done that wasn't smart. <laughs> Dude, I went down. I went down the the planes didn't crash into the World Trade Center <laughs> rabbit hole during whatever the hell it was. We were just playing 311 or whatever the hell it was. I was like watching YouTube videos. Like this woman's like, dude, look, you can see the nose of the plane coming through the other side of the building. And I was like, all right, well, let's watch this. And so, sure enough, there you are. You're pulling up the YouTube video via the phone. There, nice iPhone 8 Plus, big huge screen, watching planes crash into buildings. She's like, look, you can see the nose to the other side. And then here's this government test of this plane crashing into a cement wall because they were wanted to test like the security of like, you know, you know, power plants and the, and the like. And what would happen if you crash a plane into this? And look, this plane just disintegrates. But how'd the nose come through the other end of this? And it's just like, oh, my God, man. 
I just went down the rabbit hole of it. I can't believe it. Scary music and British accents, and all of a sudden it's like, man, those people sound smart. smart. That music, it sounds smart. intense. I feel like, dude, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe um, that guy in Wisconsin didn't do it. I, uh, I, 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 I heard the audio, and I'm like, what is he doing over there? Like, why on earth was that the decision that he made? Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. It's not. It's not good. Like, here's the thing on that. Okay, I, I just. I believe that the government is capable of some evil, awful stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't put it past our government to kill thousands of its citizens. I really wouldn't, okay? But I'm a little negative, okay, for that reason. But I just think that this particular instance is just how many men can keep that secret? And by men, I mean human beings. How many people can keep that secret? Obviously, there were going to be women involved. But, like, my dad used to say that to me all the time. Dan, three men can keep a secret if two are dead. Like how? So I don't know how that many people are involved in that situation, and nothing leaks. I think I think you can make that same argument about massive voter fraud, and I think you can make that same argument about the fixing of sports, where it's like you have these such complicated, convoluted things that if these were all to be true, uh, they're, sports they're, is different. Just because I think you could get to a ref, we've seen it. Tim Donaghy wrote a book about it. Right. I just think that on a massive scale of like sports being fixed as a league, you yes, know what I mean? Okay, like by right. sports being fixed by them knowing predetermined that this is the team that will win the championships. Point point shaving, yes, but that's like that's mm. like individual voter fraud. It's a different thing, right? Where those are like small things that one person versus can do. like a versus systemic a, issue right, inside, a, a okay. big issue. Okay, so I, I I agree with you there. And at the end, Stansberry says he's like, I don't know, I wasn't there. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> no, that cannot be the barometer of well, is that factual information or not? Because if that were the case, all you would know is what happens inside your living room. I wasn't there for dinosaurs, but I know they existed. <laughs> I was. Right? You know, I just here's the thing. They I don't, don't be- exist. I don't believe we did it. Right, you show me something that makes me, you know, I have seen all like the, you know, like the the documentaries and the like, and I will grant you that there is definitely arguments on the other side that make me go, well, that is weird. Mm. There is like hmm, moments in it, right? But I think isn't that going to be true of any tragedy, of anything, of any cat is of any catastrophe? Aren't I like just a simple human being going to struggle with the thought process of how this could be? Like, isn't there going to be just some of that 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 goes into it? Yeah, I mean, any news story is going to you know it, it is it's going to that there's going to be questions as many questions as there are answers usually, and uh, especially something so big and something so you know uh, horrific and, and widespread that like of course that's going to have a lot of like hmm moments but that doesn't necessarily mean that George Bush was sitting there plotting that to happen. Yeah, I don't I don't buy it. And there I am standing up for George Bush right yeah, there. I don't, right? I mean when that, you know. Yeah, I don't think I don't th- I don't think that's the I don't think right. that's the way it was. So something happened last night that I'm a little confused about. All right. All right. 9/11? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> okay, all right. So we're in this sexual harassment awakening in yeah. this country. Yeah. And I, and I believe that this country kind of needed to go through this. And so I, you know, I kind of get it. But, like, we're removing statues because of other things that happened in history, and we're firing dudes from, like, you know, working here and working here, and this actor's not allowed to be on House of Cards because of this. Right. And then we hung two banners last night in, oh, in, re- yeah. in remembrance of Kobe Bryant. Well, not a remembrance, an honor. Of. Well, you know what I mean. Like, you know what I mean. Like to, to remember the career there, to okay. honor Kobe okay. Bryant. We're hanging not one but two of his jersey numbers. Uh, yes, I mean I have, the guy was an accused rapist. I have not put it through that, and yes, everyone I think kind of uh, not even accused at this point. I think public opinion, everyone is like, that he did yeah, it. Kobe did it. So now let's give you some facts of the case, okay? Because so, I went, because Phantom and I both were like, well, I don't remember what the facts of that I, were. So, like, maybe, I mean, who I knows? don't remember what the facts of this story are. So, 
there was a court case, and the charges were then dropped because the accuser refused to to stand. Like she refuses to you know to testify. testify. She refused to testify. That does not mean Kobe Bryant didn't do it. It just no. means that woman was uh, was not ready to face her attacker in a courtroom or which is, her alleged attacker. Let's say that, okay? Which is fair. That's and I mean, fair. Like, I think that's fair of a lot of victims that like going through that process can be an extremely tough thing. Which is why one you know one of the many reasons why cases like this are very tough to prove. So then that's the criminal case. So then a civil case comes up from her, and he ends up paying out, apologizes to her, but yet does not take responsibility for rape. Says there was a consensual act there. She's now claiming rape, but to, you know, and essentially, like he paid her out, okay, and then kind of apologized, which is what famous men who will do, who are yet sometimes innocent, will just pay to make uh, over not even sexual issues. A lot of times, do famous people will pay for lawsuits to go away just because it's faster and they do have the money. Yeah, just like her not testifying isn't proof that he's innocent. This, him paying off isn't necessarily proof that, that he's he was guilty. guilty. Right. I remember he bought his wife that giant ring after all that. But that's not. I mean, those, I mean did that's he cheated on his wife? He's trying to be nice with his wife again. I, yeah, that's, I feel like that's there. There's a lot of circumstance that but goes into that. But isn't this weird? That is that in this month, in this like stretch right, of ninety, it's happening, right? in this stretch of ninety days, hey Kobe, here's two banners. Even though we accuse you of rape, and pretty much the entire country thinks you did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't. I did. I did not think of all isn't that. that crazy? But yes, when you bring it all up, it that is, is nuts. I um I'm sorry that's nuts. I um I, I guess maybe I don't know if this if this was one of those things that they probably you know they probably set this like all right December 20 or 18th or whatever yesterday was all right December 18th this is the date that we're having it and you know blah 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 not knowing that sexual harassment was going to be the hot topic item of the day but still if I'm the Lakers I'd probably be like Kobe can we just wait until summertime can we just wait until spring you know what I mean like let's let this blow over for a minute end of the year final There'll game of the Lakers There'll be a new Twitter thing everybody worried about right there'll be something else that we'll have moved on to as a country right. and at least we won't have this issue on our hands yeah i mean it's front and center yeah i do yeah it's a good point man it really los is. angeles one of the premier franchises of the nba one of the sports you know organizations that is out there to be like a quality right. based right and all this stuff and like look at how bad the nfl is and the nba doesn't do all this and now you got this out there front and center kobe bryant not one but two jerseys hanging from the rafters an accused rapist it just seems very strange, the timing of it. And, I, yeah, if I'm Magic Johnson, I think I'm saying to people, like, look, bruh, we should have moved this. Fantastic about out, the idea. Yeah, let's, let's do over the summer, you know, finals, something like that. Maybe you do it. But right now, it just seemed a little, and I hate this term, a little tone deaf there out of the Lakers. So you all worry about saving up money for your kid's college education, right? Because that's where they go to get smart and to get really good jobs. Wait till I tell you. The course your kids can take at the University of Akron. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Up for your viewing pleasure right now at WRQK.com is the Florida Files, the video version. There's a brawl that takes place in a mall, and there's a, you see a woman, and I, I, I don't, it's hard to tell her her age. You know what I mean? So I'll say woman as she's pushing a baby in a stroller. And she actually, as walking by this with the baby in the stroller, then lifts her leg and kicks the victim who's being like pummeled to the ground by multiple people. Wild and out, dude. I mean, honestly, that video is something to see. That mall video is crazy. WRQK.com or Facebook.com slash Stansbury Show. Posted at both places for you. Making it easy on you there. 
A lot has been made over the last few weeks of my love of video games. I've been called a lot of names from the audience. Nerd. A lot of them. Yeah, that was one of them there. <laughs> Lots of names. And I feel like people got to dial this down. Okay. I was telling the story last week about, you know, my buddy called me and was like, what are you doing? And I told him I was playing video games and he laughed at me. And I was like, well... Bro, do you, you got a male roommate, so like, you know what I mean? Like, let's maybe throw that dude out and then maybe not talk so much trash on me. Fair. And then it was a couple of days ago, you know, I had a woman in my house. She was bitching at me about playing video games. I look over and she never took her eyes off a of Candy Crush while yelling at me. And I've seen a lot of people do this. Oh, you still play video games? And I grab their phone. I'm like, dude, you got 10 games on this phone. Right. These aren't video games. So then what the hell are they? Right? But no, what the, you call, you create another term for it and we'll, we'll see, you know, who's closer to accurate. I bring this up because I find that this is going to be, this will be mocked openly today. And in reality, I think the opposite should be true, that you should be embracing this because it's it's pushing technology forward and it's um, also opening opportunity. And there's a way here for what they're about to do at the University of Akron to be really, and wait for it, this is everybody's favorite word in 2017, inclusive. Because these can coexist as co-ed. And that is the University of Akron is announcing a varsity esports program. Meaning they are going to put together a video game team. Like a gaming team is what's going to happen. And again, it will be co-ed. Think about that. What other sport where you can offer scholarships to the school where is it equally applicable to both sexes? Right. It's not. But this is an area where you can do that. Because a woman... A young woman can play Halo every bit as well as a young man can. Right now, men are like, why would you say that? But but, but it, it, of course, is true. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly. That's, that's of course, is true. That, that That's very. It, it's be like playing Monopoly. Like, right. You know what I mean? A woman, you know what I mean? The very same thing. So the co-ed team, Fantone, is going to consist between 30 and 35 students with plans for an associated club program for several hundred students also announced. And um, they already selected Michael Fay Jr., for the position of UA sports director and head coach, pending approval from the university's board of trustees. Now, I will grant you, there's going to be a place to make some easy jokes about, like, you know, practices and things like that. But in reality, if you're going to take it seriously and you're going to compete against other teams, you will have to practice. Oh, 100% you would. I mean, just like anything else in life, the more you do something, the better you're going to be at something. So, yeah, of course you're going to have to practice. They say here, per a release, the UA sport, the UA eSports team will train and compete with other colleges in some of the nation's most popular strategy and battle video games, like League of Legends, a multiplayer online battle arena, Rocket League, which I guess is a vehicle action sports game, I've never played it, and Hearthstone, an online trading card game, and many others. See, now, this, here's the interesting thing, that this is more computer gaming than it is console gaming. Right. And there is a difference in those two things. Like, I don't PC game. My, my brother is a huge PC gamer. Like, he plays this League of Legends game, and I guess is ranked in the world in it. I know they've got, you know, like, the, the stuff on, they'll have it on ESPN, too. And is that usually PC gaming as opposed to, like, is, is that the eSports kind of, like, well, standard? Or? I think so, because even some of the titles that are on consoles have PC versions. Like, I think... Okay. Okay. I yeah, think yeah. Halo has a PC version, like you can get that, and like some of the those other games. Um, I, I'm pretty sure Call of Duty has a PC version. So I yes, I think primarily now I know like they have video game competitions where consoles are used, but I think uh, primarily it is console based. I always thought you, had or to be, I mean, a uh, PC based. I always thought you had to be some kind of like super dork to have like PC gaming. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was like what Nintendo's not good enough for you. You got to be doing it on your computer over there, nerd. Like really, my brother, is that what you're doing? Do my brother's 
constantly on me, and he was like, Dan, he's like, I could build you a PC, you could get 90% of the titles you want to play, and the gaming's better, the graphics are better, all this stuff. And as a matter of fact, when I go to... I'm flying out to his house, obviously, on Friday for Christmas, so I, I'm going to have him walk me through his setup because, dude, he's pretty serious. Like I said, he plays all like those where you got to build like the, the the Danish windmills and like you know pull Jeez. wheat together Jeez. and like build your city and Jeez. like do all those. Like he plays all those games, and like at one point he was ranked like fifth in the world in like one of the games he was playing. Like he takes it very seriously. When it comes to this and with Akron, I mean, like good for you guys. I mean, honestly, whether you like it or not, this is the way of the future. This yes, is it going is. to continue to be a thing. And for I agree. you to lead the way when it comes to being involved at the collegiate level in esports, like good for you. Hopefully, this turns into like a big, prosperous, you know, like good, good thing for them. It has been long speculated that playing video games will help you with critical thinking and problem solving, and like how do you do this? It, it, you know, it, it affects all things. It's touch, sight, all those things that like that. And they say it helps you figure out problem solving, which is a big thing in which what we're trying to teach young students today. Versus like, hey, remember all this information, so when we test you next week, you can remember how to recite this information back to us. It's more like, how? what can you solve? What can you do versus what it is you know? It's the new world order, man. It's interesting. I don't. I, I still think I would be uncomfortable giving my kid that much money to go there to study that. But if you can get a scholarship playing video games, man, good for you, dude. University of Akron, I like it. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com. You know how Facebook gives you your memories? Yeah. Want to hear my Facebook memory from December 19th, 2016? Okay. Your anti-electoral college posts are obnoxious and nauseating. If it were the other way in your candidate law, she'd be saying New York and California should not be deciding the presidency alone. And that's what would happen. She lost because she talked about how Donald would be bad and not why she would be good. It's as simple as that. That's coming from someone who voted for her. That was a... Dude, I can't believe that's a year ago. Man. I just can't believe it's a year. It's not really a statement on like how you know that year has went. I just can't believe that it has been a year. Interesting. I'm hesitant to talk about this because I I know I'm just gonna get a beating for it. Alright. But I found this at our sister station, 981 WKDD, their website. You can talk about WKDD all you want, dude. Keep that are you kidding me? That's all he but wants. He yeah, would love it. Like KDD, baby. He would love it. Okay. But I uh I did find this article there. Where my man crush, my celebrity man crush, yeah. Rob Lowe stepped up. Okay. Rob Lowe has apparently invited in and cooked dinner for a bunch of the firefighters that are uh, battling those uh, those wildfires in California. He brought them all in, made them spaghetti, made them hamburgers, did the whole thing. Rob Lowe. He, uh, yeah. And, you know, he thanked the crews that helped save his town. And then he brought them all inside, fed them dinner, of course, took pictures and put it on Instagram so everybody knew he's a good dude. <laughs> And like did all that, but still, man, like that's impressive. It's yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it's obviously not very much of a financial burden to Rob Lowe to uh, to make to, spaghetti to, for firefighters, to, 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 right, right? To make some food there. Um, it, but the thing is, is like I understand the well, like, well, you, did you have to put it on Instagram? And like, I don't know, man. I understand the well, you know, uh, uh, Jesus wouldn't have grabbed it, dude. Well, but but the, but how are you? But, 
wasn't that a big part of what Jesus was talking about was spreading the word and getting right. it out there? I thought that was a yes. huge part of the, there, of the gospel. Though. And I get why people bitch about it because there are people who legitimately only do stuff so you'll so you will think they're, they're good. Yes, that is true. But I don't think using a position of influence. And showing people that what you do with it, and it's not just Rolexes and Lamborghinis, that there's another side of being a celebrity. I don't necessarily think that that's bad. Yeah, I mean, they're still doing good. You know what, what I mean? At the yeah, end of the day. What would we always say on this show that there's no wrong reason to do the right thing? Like, ultimately, dude, you're still doing the right thing. And even if it is, like, it, it, selfish, fine. You're still doing something for somebody else. Whether you did it for a selfish reason or not, somebody still benefited from that action. Now, you can make the argument, well, if it's insincere and they're only doing it for, you know, the self-promotion of it or the, the accolades of it or the, you know, whatever of it, um, you, can, you can make the argument that it makes it, like, less meaningful and maybe isn't as special to you or doesn't ha- ha- carry as much weight, but sure. they're still doing the right thing. Yeah. So, like, I'm not going to come at them about that. I'm not going to be like, you saw you're terrible about that. No, I think what it is sometimes is that people feel attacked, and then that and, and and by that and what I mean is I think you feel guilty. Maybe it's like, oh God, I've never done anything, and so instead of like dealing with that emotion, that emotion then manifests itself via Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as you just want to be patted on the back. It's like, well, no, dude, you just want to have not have the conversation be about the fact that you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything, right? If you feel attacked by that, dude, that that's I mean that's as snowflakey as it could possibly be. Now, I would agree guilty, with that. Now guilty, yeah, but I mean I guess isn't that the whole point of me posting something about it then? Is maybe I am throwing that gauntlet down. Maybe I am trying to challenge other people to to live up to that standard. I mean, we've all been inspired by somebody, and if they didn't, and if they wouldn't have, you know, have have. If you wouldn't have seen that, you would have never been inspired. You never would have done it. My, uh, as a matter of fact, I got inspired once while I was, you know, I had been out of work. Then I got the job at eighty seven seven, and that's when I met Ricky from Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere. Heard right. his story, kind of did that thing. Next thing I know, right. I started doing stuff like that, and I felt better. And then part of it was like, dude, it just reminded me of my dad. And so there was part of it that just started like that, and it's. I thought it was just something that he would have wanted me to do. And so I started picking up stuff like that. And yeah, then I started posting stuff on Twitter because I was like, man, you got a little bit of an influential job here. Like, I can't go so far as to call myself a celebrity, but I'm definitely recognizable in the communities in which I've worked. And I can, you know what I mean? I can, you know, you can influence people a little bit. I mean, I can influence you on where to buy a car. Welcome to Wakeham. Right. right? I know that. Saw it for a fact. So it's like, if I can do that, then why can't I then use, you know, this social media to influence people to maybe do some things like this. Yeah, to me it's always just been like very much like well then how else would the good word be spread? Like how else, if it, well, Jesus wouldn't have wanted me on Instagram and it's like no, I don't know. I think Jesus probably would have been like yo, look at all these goddamn op- fish I this made. Is, this is a good opportunity. Well, this is a good opportunity to reach more people instead of it just having to be word of mouth. Like why can't it be a video? Like I, I, I don't see the I don't see the hypocrisy in that. I don't see the the like the issue that so many people have with, with people who want to, you know, hey, I did something decent like yeah I, I i get it there it can be nauseating but again sometimes when i'm feeling like that it's because i'm like oh dude i haven't done anything in like two months and i feel bad about that and i feel guilty about it so maybe that's why i feel like i want to strangle you right now right because not because of what you're doing is wrong but because it's exposing the fact that i've been lackadaisical in this particular area for a little while get off your ass and do something i believe bro. that's why a lot of that is the case so good on rob lowe because yeah. initially man like i was surprised that these california wildfires didn't really like capture the nation 
Um, I think it's, I don't want to say commonplace because obviously we saw the videos and like, oh my God, it looks like the gates of hell are opening up, but it's so frequent over there. It is. It just feels like at this point, well, you, you know, well, I got a blizzard. California wildfires, Oregon wildfires. It is. It's common. It happens every year out there. But when I lived in Oregon, we dealt with it, but this was a special case. It was, it was worse than, than normal. I think it was like the worst one they've ever had, or it's like top three all time. Oh, it's still Don't going on. Still going on. Right. There's that. And I also think, and I could be wrong on this. And maybe I'm looking to maybe I'm looking to make this you know more tawdry than it really is. Right. But I think that uh, that initially that when this when this blaze first started, it was burning down million dollar homes, and most of America went, I, "I don't care, dude. You're rich. Deal with it. Call your insurance company. You're loaded. You got a mansion. You live in California. Screw you. I don't care." And I think a lot of it was that. Uh, the thing I'm going to say about that is California 100% leads the nations in, in the nation in millionaire. There's there's no question about it. Like there's a bunch of very rich people that live in that state. Um, it also leads the nation in homeless people because everyone thinks like, oh, if I just get out to California, everything's going to be fine. My dreams, I'm going to chase them. True, I'm going to chase them. Come true, and then they end up, you know, living on the streets or whatever like that. But I guess that really goes to show you. I mean, we're not where did t- the fire start? Well, but here's the thing: is do we really even ca- do we really care about homeless people? If it was like, yo, fires going through homeless people camps, no. Nobody even care. Nobody be like. Oh, stop! You don't think one hundred percent? Oh my God! Oprah would be on TV. Dude, I think if fire was mowing homeless people down, I legitimately think, dude, like, yeah, Oprah would be on TV. Jimmy Kimmel would cry and have his kid in his arms. The whole thing. But when those fires started, so Jimmy Kimmel's not doing that for his own home. They were they were burning down. I think it looks again. He's going to be called tone deaf over it. When those fires started, it was mowing down million dollar houses. And I think most people in America went, ah, yeah, that's what you get for having money. I think, I think, I think it's uh, yes, the the, the 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 stereotype of like the rich liberal elite out in California at the very least does give a little bit of like, I don't care. I don't care problem. what happens to you lunatics out there. You're always bitching at me at the, you know at the beginning of the Oscars about what I'm doing wrong. What do I care if your house lights on fire? I think there was some of that. And uh, I like the fact that Rob Lowe pulled him in and did this thing. You know what I mean? Like this is, I mean, that, that's kind of nice showing you appreciation. Of course, I just want to talk back to Rob Lowe. I just want to talk about Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, dude. That's a good looking dude, man. I don't care what anybody says. If you put a gun to my head, I'm probably banging Stop Rob Lowe. It. I'm doing Who's it. doing this? You're putting yourself through these weird hypotheticals. Nobody's going to do that to you. Right now, I got a finger gun pointed <laughs> at my head. Bend over, Rob. Take it. Take it like the take it like the good looking dude that you totally are. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 1069. You know, Hugh Jackson had said about Deshaun Kaiser the other day that he's got some growing to do. And uh, so now I guess the quote from Hugh is, if he wasn't up to the challenge, then if I needed to make a change, then I would. I think he's up to the challenge. He has some work to do this week to continue to get better, but he's going to start at quarterback for us. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you would do. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. What, else, what else would you do there, buddy? Starting Christmas Eve against Mitch uh, Trubisky there. Yeah, I don't know what. I mean, you're locked in this year. It's over. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's digging up the quote now where he said last year, I'm not going 1 in 15 next year. If I do, I'll be swimming in the lake somewhere. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if, like, he kind of does one of those kind of like funny, like, you know, embrace yourself to the fan base again moments where he actually goes and does that, does like the polar bear challenge or whatever. 
and then kind of everybody kind of forgives him and kind of moves forward. But it seems like a lot of fans want his head on the stake and like want him out. I can't necessarily blame him. No, I can't necessarily argue it anymore either. I mean, like it's it, it, it enough is enough. I mean, it's it, if you want to move on, I, I could get it. I don't think I would, but if you want to, I could get it. I still will maintain though that if you keep firing coaches too soon. It, you'll never get a really good coach to come because the job won't look attractive because they're going to know that they're constantly looking over their shoulder. You have to let things bake. Now, that being said, I think John Dorsey being in the league as long as he's been, the new GM, he may have relationships with teams and GMs and players that we don't know about that he may be able to go get you a coach who wants to coach for John Dorsey. He's like, no, dude, like I believe in that guy. I want to coach for him, and he'll give me the breathing room to build it. He may have a coach in mind that I don't know about, so maybe then it's all the more reason you can move off of Hugh. Then I'm all right with it. But if it's just move off Hugh just because you hate Hugh, I worry about who you can get. Um, I guess the, the point there probably would be is that like I get it that if you just keep backing off of dudes, nobody's going to want the job. But if you stick with dudes for too long, then there's a a, a culture of no accountability. You that know what I true. mean? So like, it, it's it's this weird space. It's somewhere in the middle of that. And and, and 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 in that weird space is a one in what thirty one record we're looking Something at like going that, yeah. to be here. So like at the end of the day, you are what your record says you are. And right. like if you're going to make the argument of like, well, he's a capable coach, he just doesn't have, have the right players. I mean, then don't you have to give all these dudes another year? Like, don't we have to give Deshaun Kaiser another year? Because it's like, well, if Hugh Jackson gets another year, why doesn't Deshaun Kaiser get another year? Well, I year? think Deshaun Kaiser will be on the roster next year. Well, I'm saying, like, as, like, the, the guy. St- the starter? Like, the dude. Like, well, I mean, dude, dude's in his first 12 games. Like, yeah. I mean, Hugh Jackson's been a coach. He's been in the organ. He's been in. He's been in the NFL forever. I mean, people like, are ripping Kaiser apart for the picks he threw this year. Go back and look at how many picks that that uh, Peyton Manning threw his first year. I saw something. I mean, it's a lot. And it was red zone turnovers that they were talking about. Deshaun Kaiser averaging ten uh, percent of the time in the red zone. He, he 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 turns the ball over. Every other quarterback in the NFL, like the average is, is like one out of a hundred. So like he's at ten percent. Everyone else is at one percent. Wow. That's a world of difference. That really is, and that's a part of his of the argument against him is not only when he or not how he would turn the ball over, but when he would do it. Just so many big moments where it's like, dude. Like, well, come I mean, on. dude, that's pro quarterbacking. You're trying to make something happen. It's like, right. it, and dude, the red zone, the field shrinks. It's like it gets small, man. The visuals get small. The windows get small. It's tough in the red zone, dude. But that's not an excuse. Like you need a guy that can deliver there because that's where the scoring happens. You're not going to score from the forty. You know what I mean? Not a, not a lot. Like So you're going to need to be able to do it down there. And, I, yeah, I mean, there's an argument there. But I, I just worry what's going to happen is Hugh's going to go get another job, and it, it's not going to be here. And all of a sudden, when you put him in a new situation, it's going to look like, oh, well, yeah, dude, if you give him the quarterback he wants, and if you give him this and you give him that, then all of a sudden, I mean, look at Shermer. I mean, dude, that thing. I mean, dude, Scott said it yesterday in the program. Dude was a mess as a head coach here, but now dude's offensive coordinator back up in Minnesota. They're eleven and three, kicking ass. He's making Case Keenum look like a world beater. Case Keenum's a lot of fun to watch. Like, just like a fun football player. He Anytime I watch that dude, I'm like, yeah, man, that's exciting. That's a Case Keenum's a guy who's going to get himself signed to a huge deal who maybe shouldn't have it because that team up there is really well put together. Spielman's done a really good job putting that roster together. 
But if John Dorsey tells me he found a guy and he's got a guy who knows a coach, I'll trust in that. Because, again, this we're talking about a guy who's been around the league, knocked around, worked for teams, got relationships, and this and that. But the guy on Twitter telling me fire Hugh because he you know right. called a, a, you know, a timeout in the wrong time, I'm just telling you, you fire coaches too soon, good candidates are going to be like, that job sucks. I, I think the fact that the Bengals still want something to do with him is – at least somewhat of like, a, well, maybe he is still a you know viable so, candidate there. I called my buddy. I, that's a lie. I emailed my buddy, messaged him, who works down in Cincinnati for this company. And I said, yo, man, what's going on with this Hugh Jackson Bengals thing? And he's like, dude, our ownership's obsessed with nice guys. Like, they're obsessed with nice guy coaches. That's why Marvin Lewis has been here this long. That's why they're looking at Hugh again. He's like, and I'm not sure I love it. Now, I have always used the Cincinnati Bengals as, like, what the Browns would be. Like, dude, I've always said the Browns would have fired Marvin Lewis 25 times by now. Now, you could make the argument that that Marvin's been there long enough to where you should fire him now, and I'd be all right with it. But you forget how bad the Bengals were before Marvin Lewis got right. there. They were the Cleveland Browns, and now they're not. Like, I know what people are going to do. You're going to give me their playoff win record, right? They won five playoff games before him, and that's what they've won since him. I know. You're going to give me the playoff record. Great. Fine. Fire him over it. But what I'm saying is that team was the Cleveland Browns beforehand, and now when the Bengals come to town to play any other franchise, they're not knocking Cincinnati the way they knock Cleveland. No. And that's Marvin Lewis. He did that. And we need that right now. We need stability. I'll take a guy that makes me at least eligible for the playoffs and then maybe doesn't win a playoff. I would take that from where we're at. Like this the other night now. Like people are like, do Browns fans bashing Ben Roethlisberger for that game the other night? How dare you? How dare you? That guy is on the verge of a Hall of Fame quarterback career. You would be lucky to have him. And now you're going to knock him and make fun of him? You'd give anything in the world for the career that Ben Roethlisberger's had at the helm of the Pittsburgh Steelers for your Browns. Took him to two Super Bowls, I believe won them both. Oh, he lost one, right? But anyway, dude, I think he's got two Super Bowl wins. He's on the verge of a Hall of Fame career. Can make the argument either way. I personally think he will get in. And you're going to knock that dude over that game the other night because of a bad couple of plays? That is laughable. You've had 26 quarterbacks, dude. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to trade the last five years of the Steelers organization with the Browns 10 times out of 10. The last five years of the Bengals organization over the Browns 10 times out of 10. No question about it. Um, As far as the Marvin Lewis and and Hugh Jackson thing goes, Scott from Waiting for Next Year brought up a really good point yesterday about why the Bengals would still be interested in Hugh Jackson. And it's a big part of nostalgia is forgetting things just as much as remembering right. things. Like relationships. Like, I, I mean, there's a great point that he made there. And like, yeah, there probably is a little bit of that. And Munch brought up a point, I think it was last Friday or the Friday before we were talking about the coaching situation. And uh, he brought up the name of Tony Dungy. And like, if that's a possibility, I, I dude, go for it. Go for it. Like, you got to go take a big swing at this. You have to go get the bat off the shoulder. If you're going to make a move, you have to be ready to make a big move. I like that better than I like Gruden. Um, I just think the game's past Gruden. I, I, I don't know why I think that. I just do. And I also don't think he's really serious about wanting to coach again. I think it's all about angling ESPN to give him more money. And so all the more reason why I wouldn't want the guy. Tony kind of has... I mean, he's come out and said plenty of times he's done. 
Um, and I think if he was interested in coaching, there are much better positions where Tony Dungy may be able to find himself. Oh, totally better positions. The thing I will say is that Tony Dungy, both big accomplishments in his career came from turning around abysmal franchises. He did it with the Bucks, and then he did it with the Colts. And I think if he kind of looks at himself as the guy who's able to do something like that, and I, 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 I just recently read a book, and a part of it was on Tony Dungy's Bucks and how they... Little things along the way really are what built into that Super Bowl. It was it was be, you know being able to tra- you know transition from 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 you know second down to third down and how they were able to kind of like you know look at little things and make well, big victories out of them. So it was like, the Tampa too, right? Right. I mean, it was the Tampa too that did it. Well, I just it just at this point, like I said, if you're going to do this. You have to be ready to swing big on this. You can't. You can't bring in Chidinsky again. You know. I, you I agree. I mean, dude, pony up the money to get Saban. I mean, do what you gotta do. I. It, that's why if they give me a marquee name and head coach, I don't care what they pay. I don't care if they pay thirty million dollars a year. As long as the guy's good and will win, I don't. Dude, a coach is totally worth the money. As long as he produces, I don't care what the money is. I'm not gonna be one of those fans that bitches about the money because ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm not paying it. So I don't know why I care. Why people care so much about that. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, uh, I, I think John Dorsey, I, I just, I like, I like the fact that we, it feels like we got a football dude at the helm. You could trade Hugh Jackson for Marvin Lewis right now. Are you doing it? No. No? No. I think there, there was a time where I would have. But look how long Marvin's been there. And I feel like there just gets to be a time where you're so far into your career where... I worry some of the fire might be out of the belly in Marvin Lewis. And I'm not sure that's the same thing with Hugh Jackson. I think Hugh's just in a very bad spot. He's got that Roman burger in the belly Hugh <laughs> I Jackson think, does. But I think I, I think Marvin may be losing some of the fire in the belly that it needs. And maybe a new situation, you know, reignites it? Maybe. That's a big maybe and a huge if. And I'm not sure I would make that trade straight up. I saw this yesterday. Trade Hugh Jackson for A.J. Green. Right. As if Cincinnati's going to do that. Like, I mean, yeah, if we're just going to throw out, you know what I mean, craziness, I would do that. But Cincinnati's not going to give you A.J. Green. (laughs) They're not going to trade that guy in division. I just, maybe, but I just don't see that happen. We were arguing, not arguing, we were talking about the fact that Thanksgiving has its own meat and Christmas does not. So a woman across the pond has decided to eat something really strange for her Christmas meal. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. We still have uh, some charge tickets for you for that game this Friday. South Bay Lakers are in town. Yeah. We'll get you a couple of that. Yeah. I'm hearing... Like, I don't know why this is news. Eminem used Tinder and strip clubs to meet women. <gasps> like, dude, of course. Like, welcome to being a dude, right? Welcome to being a dude with money. Yeah. Like, I you're not going to walk say. into strip clubs, make it rain, walk out with hoes? Like, what's the other point of making a bunch of money? <laughs> I guess maybe you can make the argument of, well, a celebrity on Tinder is a little, like, a little, like, Noteworthy, but like strip clubs, of course. That's a ridiculous statement. Rappers are banging strippers. Never would have guessed it. Yeah. I mean, I guess a celebrity on Tinder would be like, dude, what are you doing? Right? Because 90% of your time is going to be spent saying, yes, it is me. Like, that's going right. to be, I mean, that's going to be 90% of your time. Right. So maybe that I could get. But like, 
strolling through Gatsby's as Eminem, I bet is 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 good. I bet that's good. I bet that works out for you. Um, one of the good things about Detroit is strip clubs is that Detroit is really close to Windsor, so you can just go over to Canada and go to Canadian strip clubs, which are like ten times better. Yeah, they are better. They really are better. So a guy hit me up. He's like, "Yeah, you're right, Stansberry. I don't care about rich liberals' houses and pot farms burning down in California." Well, then, dude, don't bitch to me about spending on anything ever again. Then on any side, don't bitch to me about money and how we spend it and how we allocate it. I mean, dude, those are human beings losing all of their possessions. He's saying with the wildfires. Yeah, with the California wildfires, he he doesn't care. Which, by the way, dude, I don't have the exact numbers, but California's huge. Dude, who do you think lives in all those mansions in in Orange County when, that that aren't actors or directors? It's CEOs of companies. They're Republicans. I hate when people who don't who have never lived in California make California to be this liberal utopia where it's just hillbillies and like hippies smoking weed on the street corner. That's not California at all. There's more real America in California than any other state in this country. There's there's more farms there. There's more dude. There's more everything in California. There it is the the perfect like it, like snapshot of America because you get everything. You get small towns, big cities, corporations, farms. You get everything in California. Yeah, to assume that it's 100 percent like just the worst it's, liberal Democrat that you could possibly think of. It's crazy. And, and, and even, move north of Stockton and tell me that 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 California is a liberal utopia. I, I think even worse than this. And like I, I'd be ignorant to be like, well, everyone in Texas. Texas is obviously like the opposite politically of me. That's a ridiculous thought process. But even more so is it's like, well, even if that is the case, I don't want them to like lose their home. Yeah, you don't have to is, lose is your that, house. Like, is that really what you think? Is that the other side is so much your enemy that you I don't, don't care if they your house you don't care if your a, a fellow American's house is burning down? Fantone is that and I, really what you think? Fantone and I argue every day. I don't want his car to explode on the way home. Why? <laughs> that's dude. That's asinine. If you really believe that, you need to reevaluate your thoughts. Uh, I would. I mean, I, that, that's true. Yesterday we were talking about like how Thanksgiving has its own meat. They have the turkey, right? right. They they have their own meat. And I was like, right. Christmas doesn't really. You'll hear people say Christmas. Ham, right. but I, I I don't necessarily feel like that's like the staple of Christmas. And I guess ham is you know it's used in other things. I mean, where it's like Thanksgiving, very much like that's the meal you have. Like you, you're really not having Thanksgiving dinner at any other time. I'm eating ham throughout the year. Yeah, that's true. Right, ham kind of goes, you know, with like any like family right. gathering. Easter, right? e- yeah. I mean, if Easter. Easter has it too, then you can't necessarily put it exclusively on Christmas. And Christmas was always like an Italian holiday at my house. It was always very pasta based. So was Thanksgiving, though. It's just who we are as people. And so we were kind of talking about this yesterday. And I was like, that's weird. How like you know, Christmas the bigger of the two holidays, yet doesn't necessarily have its like staple. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, well, what about duck? And I was like, well, yeah. that seems kind of fancy. And you know, I, I don't really get down with the duck. And somebody said prime rib. Yo, f you, rich people. You liberal uh, West Coast California elitist. Wait a minute. Is I view this is strange because I view prime rib as more like basic than duck. Duck to um, me feels like extravagant, where prime rib feels like I can get that. I mean, Golden Corral will give you prime rib. Well, we'll, do, we'll give you a sirloin steak at Golden Corral. They ain't giving you no goddamn prime rib, dude. And and, and no, maybe duck's they a little got bit. A prime rib night. No, but maybe duck's a little bit more, uh, you know, rare. But at the same time, I think prime rib's probably more expensive. I'd be interested to find that out. I think duck's probably more money, right? Rarer. Normally, more rare means more money. I mean, prime rib, you can get that anywhere. You can get a five-pound duck here for $30, $30 off the internet. How much is prime rib per pound? <laughs> Do I got to kill the duck? Is it already is no. it already ready to go? Duck's ready to go. No, no, okay. no, no. 
And what do we got here? Uh, I don't see a price per cost. Let me look, let me, let me look this up here. <laughs> I don't think prime ribs is as pricey as duck. Duck seems more snotty. Um, so I, I could be wrong. I it's, guess either way, we're talking about meals that our families were too poor to make. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it was those, Rice neither, Krispies. Neither of those things were happening in, 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 the, in the Fantone house. What do you want? <laughs> prime rib? There's a candy cane hanging from the tree. Eat one of those. That was definitely my house. I don't. Yeah, dude. I think duck feels more extravagant to me, though. It feels snottier. Right? I feel like duck is very Carlton, where prime rib still will. Well, you know yeah, what I, mean? I mean, it's American. It's American, but still, like, I mean, there's just, those, those both just feel like well outside of the, of, of the, of the, you know, cost per plate no, that my re- family would be going down. I didn't with realize it. prime rib was like that extravagant. To me, it's prime rib. It's just like, you know, it is what it is. But Deborah Parsons, 41, is uh, having something special with her turkey dinner for Thanksgiving, and it's her mother's ashes. She is going to sprinkle the remains of her mother, Doreen Brown, on the turkey and Christmas pudding before enjoying the festive feast. Jesus, what is wrong with you? She says she felt the urge to consume the ashes since Doreen died last May and has been eating small spoonfuls of the dust each day to help her cope with her mother's death. She was left distraught when she died earlier this year, and... uh, it was also marks the anniversary of the death of her son, who was born prematurely in 1996. Oh, that's kind of sad. Now, listen, lady, you got some problems. I get it. But, dude, lay down on the couch and stop eating are dust. You, what are you talking about? Are you allowed to? I mean, right? I, I mean, mean, you can, I mean, you've told everybody you're doing this. That can't be legal, right? You couldn't just go eat, like, a piece of your mom. You couldn't just have, like, a corpse meal. You know what I'm saying? You can't be biting off of her. So why should you be able to eat her ashes? And correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't ashes from a human body, like, those aren't just, like, fine powdery dust. Like, it's kind of like, what do I want to say? Say it's it, it's not just like dust. It's it's more like thick and like there's more to it. There. Well, she's got a photo of it. Jesus, dude. No, I mean it looks like not necessarily cigarette ashes, but I don't know that mixed with like a little bit of sand maybe is what it looks like. I mean I know my mom's got my dad in like a velvet bag. I'm, I'm I don't know if it's Crown Royal, but I, I, it's like some velvet bag where she has his ashes because he didn't want to be buried. He felt like you know he and I agree there. It's just egotistical to take up space after you're dead. It's just one of the rudest things you can do. We both agreed on that, and so like he didn't want to do that, and uh, so like I know she has it, but like I would never like sprinkle it on food. No, I, I, what, I, honestly, what do you think you're getting out of that? Do you think like you're eating your mom's soul and you're gonna have like her powers and her wisdom? Like what? what she is says she just she says it just makes her feel closer. Dude, absolutely ridiculous, right there. And by the way, primer more expensive than duck. You can get a five pound duck for thirty bucks here on the internet. Uh, for a six pound for six pound prime rib, we're talking over a hundred. What? So yeah. Why can I get prime rib at like at like a bar on Friday night for eleven dollars? Then I'm probably giving you like a uh, like a six ounce cut right there. Probably doing like the petite cut, you know. I always feel like it's prime rib's expensive, man. It's expensive. I mean, dude, you can get prime rib at all you can eat restaurants. And you're paying for it. And they're probably using crappy prime rib, too. You know what I'm saying? Using that fatty cut. Well, what can I get a crappy duck for? (laughs) I don't know. 30 bucks on the internet. I'm trying to think if I've ever really had duck outside of like pate. Like, I'm not sure I have. Um, I've had duck at like like restaurants before, but like I've never like ordered it to myself. And it's because every time I've had it, I've just been very like off salty by it. Right. And it's like kind of like greasy. Like, I had no, I have no desire to eat duck again. I'm being told that a standing rib roast is a pretty expensive cut of meat. Is yeah. that the same thing as prime rib? I think so. Yeah, standing rib roast. Yeah. Oh, dude, I don't know. We got tri tips. We got dude. Tri tip is we delicious. Got, we, got, we got all sorts of meat, dude. Cuts, like dude, I don't know. Dude, tri tip is like the official meat of Oregon. Like I had never heard of that. 
And then we, and I got out there, and it was like, you know, and I asked somebody, I was like, what are you making for the holiday? They're like, duh, it's Oregon. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what that means. And they were like, dude, tri-tip is like our state bird. It's like, it's what they, it's like their state meat. It's what they do. I had never heard of that. And then I moved home, and then I started to see it places. But dude, tri-tip's delicious. Yeah, prime rib, prime rib is expensive. Toity-toity, dude, it is. I had no idea. It is, yeah. I had no idea prime rib was like this big thing. I thought, I thought for sure duck. You know what I mean? Because you think of feathers and the pillows right. and the jackets and <laughs> right, like the right. down and the goose and it's all in the same family. <laughs> I just figured, you know, expensive Tommy Hilfiger jacket meant expensive like his slice of duck breast. I didn't know. I, what the hell do I know? I'm not a butcher. Now I want duck. I don't know if I could eat it. I, I <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, and then you'd be like, ew, this is gross. I don't want this. Yeah, like... dude, where's the chicken? Somebody give me some chicken. I need some chicken. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansbury Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 1069. Oh. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. Online at WRQK.com. Fantone, I'm excited, buddy. It's right. uh, it's halfway decent weather today. Yeah. As far as temperature wise. Dude, I'm going to hit the driving range today. I haven't hit a golf ball in like two weeks. I'm dying. Yeah, you should get out there, dude. Honestly, it's going to be like, I think, over 50 degrees today. And there's, there's, a cor- there's courses you can walk and play. I thought about doing that, but I was like, nah. Like, I'm, I'm going to hit a top golf in Vegas. They have one of those. It's like an elaborate driving range, and that's. I don't know. It's being kind of nice about, or it's it's not really giving you enough. But it's like, I mean, they're elaborate. And I was like, well, I don't want to go there, spend all that money, and then not like hit the ball well because I'm gonna take my niece to kind of show her how to play a little bit. And so I was like, all right, let's you know, let's make sure we go to Skyland today and hit that uh, heated range and get some shots in. Because dude, I haven't had a golf ball in a while and I'm losing my mind. I've been swinging the club in my living room. I live in a one bedroom apartment. Not smart, nicking up the floor, everything. It's bad. I gotta get out there. Gotta do it. I uh, I, I would recommend that you do, and uh, I would hope that you know. Are you gonna take your clubs out there? No, or no you you rent clubs when you're yeah, out there. Yeah, I guess they have some in the right. in the bins when you get there. I mean, okay. you know, it's one of those things. Nah, I'm not gonna pay to ship my clubs. Okay. That's like fifty bucks. I'm not doing. So a story that's been, I I think a little underreported to be honest with you, um, is I guess the guy who owns the the Carolina Panthers is being accused of some you know sexual. You know, harassment issues and being inappropriate and the like. And so he's going to step down. And reaching out via Twitter was Sean P. Diddy Combs, who says, I want to buy the Panthers, spread the word, retweet. What's Puff Daddy's new name? What is it? Oh, I don't know. There's P. Diddy. There's no, he's, else. he's not Diddy anymore, right? He was going, Brother Love. Brother Love. There it is. There he it was is. Brother yep. Love. He yep. was, yeah, Brother yep. Love wants to buy the Panthers. Okay. And so he's like, spread the word retweet, right? And then Steph Curry kind of stepped up, because for those of you that don't know, Steph Curry's from Carolina there, and was like, you know what? I'm in on this, too. I kind of want to do this, right? And it's going to be interesting, because, you know, P. Diddy's, or Brother Love, rather, is making it about the fact that there's no majority African-American ownership in the NFL when, you know, predominantly it's a game played by African-Americans. And, you know, he views that as, you know, to be a little bit backwards, right? So he wants to buy into this league. And I'm telling you right now, dude, no, you don't. And Diddy, nor are they going to approve you for a team. You got to remember. Now, we know everything about Donald Trump now. But he tried to buy into the NFL and they wouldn't let him. They're like, nah, not right for the league. And we know everything there is to know about Donald Well, not everything. But we know a lot about what there is to know about Donald Trump now. But we didn't then. But the NFL did their research and were like, no, dude, you're not the right kind of guy to be an owner in this league. Right? You're not you're just we don't want that. We don't want that here. 
And I think the same thing's going to happen to Brother Love or Puffy or Diddy or whatever the hell his name. First of all, I think that's one of the first things the NFL says is, is like, bro, you like, which name is it? Like, you got, you're using 17 names, not one of them your real name. No, there's going to be that, right? And then there's also going to be the, remember that time you fired a gun into a club and then made your buddy Shine go take a 15-year bid upstate in New York for it? Remember that? Remember when you and J-Lo were firing pistols in clubs and you were, you know, were arrested and charged with unlawful firing of a pistol in a building? Remember that? Remember that, Diddy? I think the NFL is going to go, nah, bro, we're good. (laughs) That's just me. It's incredibly difficult. To get the NFL to sign off on you being an owner. It's not just about having the money. Yeah, it's not like being an owner of anything else where like you can buy your own restaurant and do whatever the hell you want in your own restaurant. The NFL, not the same thing. You're in a very... Uh... It's an old boys club for a reason. It's the way they want it. And I, like, I'll give you a great example. Like Until the digital revolution hit, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, did you know who owned the Atlanta Falcons? Did you know? Or more importantly, you may have heard that it was the guy that, that ran Home Depot, but you didn't know Arthur Blank. You didn't know that. You were like, oh, the guy who owns Home Depot owns the Atlanta Falcons? That's weird. Like, that's what you thought. But you didn't know the man. Now we know the man for all these dudes because of social media and the like. And I think they're going to go through Diddy's history and they're going to be like, nope, 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 nope. And by the way, as the guy who currently owns the Carolina Panthers has to step down after being sexually inappropriate, you don't think that down the road there's going to be a story from when Biggie and Diddy were on the road touring early on in the career where one of those two dudes or both did something inappropriate sexually with a, with a fan in a hotel room? Come on. Um, Puff Daddy cleared from all charges in that gun incident right there. Acquitted on all five charges. Yeah, because he made Shine step up and take the body. Well, I mean, I'm just saying he was acquitted of it. It's not like it, it, you can't, you, it, as the NFL, you're not going to be able to be like, well, this is something that you... Oh, I think if they, if they can point to that you were charged with a violent crime and found whether, innocent whether you were acquitted or not dude it's again this is consensus stuff and the consensus in the country was is that he made shine step up and take the body and shine still in jail over that from what i understand Does the consensus of america know that that shine have any they have, they have no knowledge of that all you can do is say i was acquitted of this and i think the nfl will still be able to say look dude it's not just about the money you're bringing a lot of this negative stuff in by the way as we're going through the country talking about equality and being inappropriate with women, they're going to go over Sean P. Diddy's lyrics and go, bro, you are sexually inappropriate towards women in your music and we are trying to root that out of the league right now, so we are not going to rocket you to ownership. There's a little hypocrisy in here and what's happening here. Diddy has got no shot to buy an NFL team. None. And it's not because he's black. Don't make it about that. It has not nothing to do with that. There's plenty of negative stuff in his history where they're not going to want it next to their league, especially when they're trying to eradicate this stuff. So they're going to try to get it out of here, but they're going to bring a guy in who made his money off of exploiting the sexuality of women? That's what they're going to do? I can't imagine. And you may have forgotten about that story now, but when it was all over MTV News when it was breaking, the consensus of the country is Diddy made an up-and-coming rapper take the charge. I mean, they were, I mean, again, it was in SNL jokes. It was in all that stuff. It was part of our culture back then. You can acquit him all you want. We all know he did it. We all know he did it. 
The NFL is going to take one look at his record and all this stuff that's been down in here. And like I said, if you don't think the story's coming about when Brother Love and Biggie were running trains on hoes in hotel rooms and one of them secretly said no, you're crazy. That story is totally coming. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Still to come at 9 o'clock. is New Tour Tuesday. Brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. We're doing an all-Christmas version this morning. Hanson, Jackson, uh, I'm sorry, J- Hanson, Jake Owen, and Parmalee team up. And then the Foo Fighters. Also all part of that. I uh, I don't know. Maybe this will be new good Christmas music. Or maybe it'll be terrible. I, uh, I'm not a fan of Christmas music, so I'm betting... My guess is going to be turd three straight in a row there. Okay. I'm just not a Christmas music person. I'm just not. Right. Before the break, we were talking about Diddy buying the Carolina Panthers. I don't really view that as viable. He's had more than a, more than enough negative things in his history where the NFL is going to be like that reflects poorly on our league and our ownership uh, you know, coalition. We don't want it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth noting that you're just not going to come in and be like, hey, I've got the money, therefore I can buy it. They're selective about who they allow it's, into that fraternity. It's much like a country club. There are country clubs where if you show up with the money, they'll let you join. And then there are country clubs that even if you have the money, you don't fit in personally, and so we don't want you here. And I'm perfectly okay with that. And the NFL is kind of like one of those country clubs where it's like, dude, it's not just the money. There's going to be other aspects that do it, especially now since all of you pretend for 15 minutes to care about what it is these dudes do. Like, you you pretend to care. On Monday, and then by Wednesday, nobody remembers, but on Monday, you pretend to care, and so therefore the league has to care about who these people are outside of just the money. And you're going to start to see this stuff flip over. One of the things that I didn't even mention was that Diddy, such an idiot, that he said that he wants to bring Kaepernick to the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to help Cap out. I'm gonna, I want Cap. He actually said, I want Cap as my quarterback. Well, the Panthers have an African American quarterback. So, if, like, your whole thing is like the league is like, you know, ruling against Cam or against Kaepernick, then why would you usher Cam Newton out to put Kaepernick in there? Now, I've been critical of Cam Newton, but he's better than Colin Kaepernick is. I I, I think we could all get there, right? I mean, I'm kind of so-so on both, but... I I thought Kaepernick said he wanted to buy in. I thought he was saying, like, you want to buy in Yeah, but did he originally had said, I want him as my quarterback, and then Kaepernick said, no, I want to come in with you, and Steph Curry, and he wants to buy in. But initially, Diddy said, I want to buy the Panthers, and I want Cap as my quarterback, which is ridiculous. Why would you oust one of the few African-American quarterbacks that you have that's successful to bring in a guy who hasn't played in two seasons? Could you make the argument that I'm not bringing Colin Kaepernick in over politics? I just think he's the best quarterback for the, for the job. I, I guess. I just don't know. If you, if you want to make the argument that the league's racist and needs more African-American ownership and it needs all this other stuff, to why are you going to oust an African-American from a position of power in the league? For for an unknown, at least Cam is playing somewhat inside of what is what is well for Cam Newton this year. I mean, do they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl? The Panthers do this year, so it's like, why would you upend this? This is what I'm saying. Like, this is the decision making. It's so half cocked. It's so like, nope, the NFL's awful, and I'm the guy to fix it. And it's like, well, this is your plan to fix it by demoting an African American quarterback that's playing well to take a chance on a guy who hasn't thrown a ball in two years. That's the thought process. That's my problem with it. It's half-cocked. And they're never going to let you in. They're never going to let you in. Too much negative history in, on your side for you to be considered for NFL ownership. It's just not going to be the way that goes down. I just don't see that. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see it. 
I, dude, I think The Rock now his plan is that like he wants to you know be president, and again he started doubling down on it the other day. Says he wants to do it to help the people, which he's starting to say all the right things already. Now that's a guy I think that I could see buying a, a, a like a franchise. Like that's a that's a that's a face that I could see a league wanting as an ownership position in their leagues. I could see that. Right, because he's kind of like palatable, likes everybody. Everybody likes him. It's like one of those things, and he could drum up the money and this and that. And I could see that. Okay. Yeah, I, I would assume that you know they're looking down the field far enough to recognize that hey, if we're kicking dudes out for this, then we have to be proactive about not allowing dudes into right. it. And I mean, The Rock is relatively scandal free. I don't think I remember anything that was like, oh my. God. Well, if he's considering a presidential run, my guess is is that they have figured out that whatever his scandals are can withstand that. I mean, I guess when it comes to presidential versus you know versus like ownership here. Well, like, look, I mean, Trump became president, couldn't buy into the NFL. That's what I was going to say. Is is there a higher standard there of like ownership? Versus Versus, yes, I mean, president. Which, which is weird, but yes, because again, we pretend that we care what these dudes do. Now, do I think the owner of the Carolina Panthers should have been groping women or whatever the hell it was he was doing? No, but I'm not going to pretend like it affects me either. I don't have an. I, I mean, yes, but I, I don't have an issue with the NFL saying like, "Hey, you, no, you got to do what you got to do." Right? Like you, you have a level of accountability within your organization as the NFL, and like you what's, have the rights to tell these people, "No, you're not owning this." What's team happening anymore. with a lot of this stuff now is what you're seeing is is that the, it used to be that you and I and the common man. Would when we would see a celebrity, and the story that will always ring loudest for me is when Vince Neal crossed the lane driving that car and killed a person and paid to make it go away. Never did his time in jail. He even says, I was the original OJ. I paid to get off, right? It's like back in the day, celebrities, people of power and influence, would use that power and influence to be able to do whatever they wanted and skirt systems, skirt jail, skirt all this stuff. And the rest of us were held to like this standard where if we committed crimes, go away. What we've done now with social media is we don't like that double standard. And so what we're doing now is starting to hold people accountable for their actions. I'm okay with that. But it also does come off as like a little bit like... I don't know. I feel like we go like, you know, pitchfork style over this stuff when we don't really care. But I think the NFL is going to have an issue. And it's there's billions of dollars at stake. And I don't think you're going to bring an accused, you know, like again, there was guns, there's drugs, there's all this stuff in Diddy's history, dude, where I just think ultimately the league's going to be like, "Nah, man, we don't want that. We're looking to get rid of problematic situations in these leagues." Donald Sterling with the NBA and now the guy who who owns the Carolina Panthers and this. And as a matter of fact, dude, the Panthers, I guess, just promoted a woman. Like, they just promoted her. I guess she's like the, like, has now the highest position in the NFL for any female, I guess, is what happened. COO or something that they, I guess they temporarily named her. We'll see what happens with that. I just don't think, and again, if I'm Cam Newton, I'm sitting here thinking, well, thanks, brother love. Thanks, Diddy. I'm one of the few African American quarterbacks. It's pretty much me and Russell Wilson out here for the entire goddamn league. And now you're telling everybody you're going to bring Cap in here. If you get to buy this, meanwhile, dude, I've been playing well enough. It's just, dude, the thought process is so half cocked. But a white dude got ousted, and there's Diddy going, I'll do it. I mean, that's as far as that thought process went, which is all the more reason I need to not let the guy own a team. More Stan's Ray Show right around the corner. Hang on. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stan's Ray Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106 Knock 1069. Welcome back to the Stan's Ray Show on Rock 106 Knock. To come nine o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. New Hanson, 
Jake Owen and Parmalee and the Foo Fighters. These are all Christmas tunes. This is our uh, final installment before Christmas. And yes, if I'm going to be honest, that is literally the definition of us phoning that in. <laughs> like, honestly, all morning I've been thinking, thinking to myself, like, why did I sign off on that? It is a terrible idea. But there it is. We will do that at 9 o'clock. Jake Owen and Parmalee teaming up for Christmas Spirits, which we're hoping is a song about getting boozy for Christmas. We don't know, but we're hoping that that is is an ode to getting boozy for Christmas, which I probably will do. Although, you know, when I'm going to Vegas and uh, they have legal marijuana there now, so what I'm thinking about doing is picking up some edibles for Christmas morning. That way I can make it through my mom, like, bitching through Christmas, you know, making Christmas breakfast and that whole thing. And, like, my brother's kid, like, screaming for joy because it's Christmas morning. I'm thinking about smoothing out. I would think, like, drunk, yeah, a little bit more tolerable. I would think eating edibles would make that all worse for me. I would be like, oh. Oh, no, I'll just be smoothed out and won't care about anything that's going on around me. All right. So that's the way I'm going to go. But, yeah, I can't, uh... Dude, my mom just gets like she gets all mommed out about the holidays and everything's got to be perfect and she's yeah, freaking how, out. How dare she say I love you, Daniel? You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> ah, it's just a mess. And my brother and I, I guarantee you will be hungover. You know what I mean? We'll be watching games in the casino, betting money we don't have, losing money. It's just who we are. I'm the, dude, I can't wait to see my brother actually. I'm looking forward to that. I'll tell you one of my least favorite things that's happened over this last week is now like every morning now Somebody sends me six blogs about why I didn't like Star Wars, why I didn't like The Last Jedi. Jeez. And it's like, you didn't like it because you have problems because all the women were in charge. All the women were the focal points of the movie, and secretly, you're sexist. Princess Leia was the focal point of the original three movies. She was always the face of the rebellion. As a matter of fact, she gets captured, and the whole movie is about going to get her. Right? So, Princess Leia, always the focal point of the original series, so sorry, feminists, you're wrong. You feel like she was the hero? Yeah. Even though she, she was, was the one being being rescued? She, w- she, was re- she was captured because she was the leader of the rebellion. A woman in charge. <laughs> like, so, dude, dial it down, feminists. She had the position of being the face of the rebellion. Luke was just some, some doe-eyed kid from a farm town was escalated in the hero category because he saved the most important person in the goddamn galaxy. Sorry, Twitter. You're wrong. It's like every day now somebody sends me this blog from Vanity Fair or Cinema Review or Screen Rant with some like five new things that you must have missed if you didn't like the Star Wars movie. No. Here's why I didn't like it. Ready? They made Guardians of the Galaxy 3, not Empire Strikes Back 2. That's why I didn't like it. It's as simple as that. And quit calling me fanboy. Sorry, fanboy. Star Wars isn't for you. Really? Because I'm the grown man who has spent extra money on the franchise for the last 30 years. So how goddamn dare I expect to go into the movie theater and walk out being happy with the Star Wars movie? How dare I? I'm just the thing that kept it afloat for 40 years. Right? Right. I heard this argument yesterday, too. They're ruining it for casual fans. It's solely for the nerds. 
No. The exact opposite is true. They're broadening it for casual fans and driving the nerd core audience away from it. Some of these takes on this Star Wars movie are just flat out ridiculous. It's insanity. But we constantly have to search for this reason why I didn't like it. I'm sexist. I'm racist. It's this. It's that. No, none of that is true. They made Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because those are the movies that are popular now. So they were like, well, we better do what's popular now, which, by the way, goes against what Star Wars was about. They had no idea that movie was going to be popular. They didn't make Star Wars to be the popular movie of that day. They made it to be completely different than everything else, which is why it captured the hearts and minds of an entire generation and why it has stood the test of time. Because it didn't cowtail to what was popular now. That's the exact opposite of what the Star Wars brand is. Quit sending me Screen Rant articles telling me I didn't get it. You did not get it. You're the one that didn't get Mark Hamill, by the way, didn't like the movie. Doesn't like it. There's a five-minute video clip of him answering questions about it. Never says something nice about it, ever. They asked him, what's, what's different about this movie versus every other Star Wars movie? You know what he said? It's the longest one. That's what he said. There has not been a single piece of praise from Mark Hamill on The Last Jedi. Not a single one. In every interview, he comes off like he hates it. Which, by the way, is why he agreed to one of the scenes in the movie, and I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's why the movie went down the way it did. Because Mark Hamill was like, uh, maybe not. Quit, find, quit trying to find this reason. I didn't like it because it doesn't coincide with the universe. I, uh, I saw somebody yesterday on social media. This is a person that we are both friends with, both follow, and uh, we make fun of him often. He made the argument yesterday that a big part of the problem with Star Wars and why he didn't like it is because it was very left-leaning. It was a liberal agenda. It was trying to shove politics down his throat. Did you walk away feeling that? There was a moment in the movie theater where I felt like, oh, my God, guys, I get it. Women can do things. Yes, there was that. There was a moment where it was like, Jesus, dude, I get it. Men are awful. Women are secretly in control of everything. I got it. But that wasn't my problem with it. Because, again, I always viewed Princess Leia as a dominant figure in the series. So you did not get that feeling from the first one or this last one? I feel like, yes, it is definitely there. But that does not lend itself to why I didn't like it. Star Wars has always been about good versus evil Bad guy versus good. There's always that element in it. And there's that element in politics. So it's always been, you've always been able to relate Star Wars to politics and religion. It's been related back to that series since since A New Hope. People have always made that connection. So I expected, yes, Disney to kind of do that. To kind of shove women down my throat. I kind of got it. And I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem seeing a woman as a heroine in a movie. I don't. It doesn't bother me. That doesn't feel like liberal agenda to me. It feels like, okay, yes, there are women in the universe, and so let's represent them in our, in our film. Much like when John Boyega's like, scene got from A Force Awakens, where people were like, there's a black dude in there? And like they freaked out, and I was like, well, yeah, there's black people in the universe, dude, so like the movie should represent that. I have no problem with John Boyega. I have no problem with Laura Dern. I have no problem with Princess Leia being the most important person in the galaxy and them having to go save her. I have no problem with that. Luke was just some idiot farm kid. 
who rockets to stardom by saving the star of the show, Princess Leia. Sorry, Twitter, but you keep looking for fires where there are no embers of flame. And it's starting to get annoying. Quit telling me how I missed it. I didn't miss it. They just didn't give me the movie I wanted. Which, by the way, is why I'm not in here trashing it. Why I'm not in here talking about how Disney ruined it with their liberal agenda or any of that other stuff. As a matter of fact, everybody that's asked me whether or not, dude, you didn't like it. Should I go see it? My answer has always been yes. Go see it. But every morning at 4 a.m., I wake up and my Facebook messages are abuzz with like, this is the reason you're wrong. No. They made Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because those are the movies that are popular now. And us real Star Wars fans went, oh, dude, you bitched out. You took the easy way out. Notice I'm not even messing with like the Porgs or the Ice Crystal Foxes or all that other crap that's used in there to sell toys. I'm not even knocking that because I knew that going into the movie theater I was getting that. I knew I was getting that. It was not, it was a good movie. It was a bad Star Wars movie. I don't know why that's not enough. Why do you constantly have to search for the reason why I didn't get it? I just didn't like it. Why is that not enough anymore? Why is it not enough? Why does it secretly have to come from my sexism, my racism, my refusal to allow people to be equal? Why does it have to be that? Why can't it just be, oh, dude, Rain just didn't give me what I wanted? It's as simple as that. And how dare I, the fanboy nation, you know, who bought all the toys, bought all the movies, bought all the t-shirts. How dare I expect to get enjoyment out of it? Sorry, some of us were alive for the first trilogy. I get that it needs to be appealing to kids. Notice, too, again, I love The Force Awakens. Loved it. So I have no problem. There's a lot of left-leaning agenda in that movie, too. Had no problem with it. That's got nothing. Dude, Ray was the whole focal point of that movie. I got no problems with the chick thing, with the women thing. Got no problems with it. Make a woman a hero. I don't care. Doesn't matter. It was a bad Star Wars movie. And for those of you that have seen it, Leia floating in space was abysmal. And you know it. It was awful. That was awful. I was literally laughing out loud during that. It was bad. That scene was bad. There was a lot of stuff in it that was not good. But making the suggestion that I just didn't get the messaging or that it's secretly I'm sexist because women were in charge is ridiculous. From the onset of the first movie, Leia's the face of the rebellion. The face of it. Is the daughter of the... Whatever. You know, whatever. It's because I know too much about the series. But you got 280 characters and people to call sexist. So you continue to do your thing all day. Meanwhile, those of us that have been loyal to the series for 40 years just walked away and said, Ah, dude, you just didn't make a movie for us. You made a movie for everybody else. That's not what Star Wars started out as. Lucas didn't make movies that he thought would be popular for the day. He made the movie he wanted to make. And that's why Star Wars A New Hope has captured the hearts and minds of, of everybody who's ever seen it. Because it stands on its own. This doesn't stand on its own. You might as well put Chris Pratt in this one and get the little talking raccoon running around because it's the same goddamn movie. We will start New Turd Tuesday next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. So the commerce, I uh, can't charge tickets for their game on Friday against the South Bay Lakers. Well, dollar dog night right there. Yeah, that's a good idea right there, man. Sugardale hooking it up. They got really good uh, concession stands there at the Civic Center. Dude, the pricing is always really good.
So you throw a dollar dog night in, that is pretty awesome. Pass those out before the end of the program. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need. Starting New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park there. Normally we play a couple of different songs, all different formats there, and we'll take a vote. This is our last installment before Christmas, so we figured why not? Let's throw out some Christmas tunes. Take a listen. So we decided to keep the format thing pretty much uh, similar. So we're going to start with our top 40 artists. And they were out of the public eye for a while, and then they were back like last year for like a hot minute, and then we went back to forget, you know, remembering that we don't really care about them now because they're all grown up. But uh, Hanson, and they have Finally It's Christmas. It's going to be hard for me to like a Christmas song. Hard for me to like a Hanson song. I don't know if I. I don't know if I know a Christmas song I like. Not a single one. Not one where you're like, ah, it's pretty all right. I'll tell you a song that I will always end up listening to when I hear it on, on the way home in the car. Like my 101.7s is in Christmas music right now. Mm-hmm. And when I'm flipping through the stations and I hear, um, when I hear, and I can't believe this, but when I hear, is it Last Christmas oh, by Wham? Yeah, dude, that's what, that, that one gets you? Last Christmas by Wham is a song I do like. I feel like that's one of those songs that it's a good song. Yes, it is a Christmas song, but at the same time, it's, it's, a, a, good, it's a good song. It's a good pop song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you got to rock it up a little bit. Oh, well, yeah, that's Hanson Singh. They rock it up a little bit here. Yeah, they, they rock hard. So many ways, Feliz Navidad and happy holidays. No matter if you're not a 98, everyone's waiting for a chance to say. They had something, these kids. I mean, right? I mean, there was something about it where it just kind of worked. Well, the fact that they were able to take one hit song and make it into somewhat sort of relevancy for like 20 plus years at this point. I mean, because honestly, outside of Mbop, I don't know of a single Hanson song. I don't know the names of any, but I know they had a secondary hit that if we heard it, we'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. One time I was, and this is a decade plus ago. This is before I even worked in radio. I was waiting tables somewhere and these three girls were there and I ended up talking to them and I'm like oh what are you girls getting into tonight and they were like we're going to see an artist and I don't want to tell you who it is because we're embarrassed and I'm like well who is it and they're like we don't want to tell you because we travel around through the tri-state area trying to find these guys like making it happen I'm like well who the hell is it and dude these were like roadie like groovy roadie like following them around for Hanson like just really? 10 years ago too like it was like what the hell are, what the hell are you broads doing that is really weird I mean I remember when they were really young they were like grown women were like I can't wait until he grows up and it's like oh that's a little predatory right for sure it is they make beer now too mm hops is their beer <laughs> see that's cool that's a good idea oh Nate Nate got me. He's like, Stansberry, you bastard. What do you mean? Dude, he's like, you obviously like Christmas and Hollis. Yeah, all right, Nate, you're right, buddy. Christmas and Hollis was awesome. That dope dismay throw my cares away. Yeah. Right. Because you were waiting all yeah. year. 365 <laughs> days you've been waiting since the last one. Come on! Come on! See what makes 
Christmas and Hall is good, though, is that it's an artist that shouldn't be giving you Christmas and keeps it kind of like standard towards what they do. Like, I expect a song like this out of Hanson. So nothing feels special about it. gotta be tough for my 1017 to make the decision of like when is the song become like christmas worthy radio wise you know what i'm saying like because like nah i think i do you're overthinking it dude you got 24 hours to fill if it says christmas in it play it they all play it. okay yeah i mean right I, well, I mean, you're, otherwise you're just playing you know th- like last christmas and well, baby it's cold outside too many times i mean welcome to, welcome, to, well, <laughs> welcome, right. welcome to radio here but i guess it's just like you know new christmas music comes out all the time it just it's really hard for a modern christmas song to feel like christmas classic worthy i bet it's the i bet it comes down to artist like who did it who did it because yeah. i know train has a new christmas song out and i think they're like well, well they're, we're playing the hell out well, of it yeah because the guy who programs oh, my yeah. 1017 is the biggest train fan there oh, is oh yeah about that yeah. because you were Not really. Like 12 different instruments right there. A little keyboard solo, a little guitar solo, a little saxophone. Throw it in there. Who cares? Just get the SNL band playing in the background. Just a little bit of everything. I I wish I could see inside the mind of a Christmas music person. Because I don't get it. Like, what does this do for you as you're driving around? I guess guess it's, like, the feel-good of it. Like, it's the, like... Finally, it's it is Christmas, and like, yeah, like, and you know, dude, the rest of the year does kind of suck, and you know what? This is the time for family and friends and I loved mean, ones and all that stuff. Goodwill towards men. Christmas in December because it snows and it's awful. Well, but like, that's the thing is like, this is the positive thing of winter. This is like the yeah, this is our moment here. I get yeah. I just I don't get it. I don't. I mean, it's because I don't have kids. I guess it's like if I had that and Christmas had like this special meaning to me, but it doesn't. It's just a day where honestly I open socks from my mom and she bitches about how I don't have a wife. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like it's uh, uh, you know I guess I'm not putting myself. I, I don't have like the the right outlook on this because it is a kid's holiday. So when you're single and you're 40 and you you know nobody loves you, it's like ah, I don't I don't get handsome. Well, but aren't all the Christmas or aren't all the holidays kids' holidays? Like when you're 40 and yeah. you're single, none of them mean anything. Dude, right? Thanksgiving's not a kid's holiday. 
I don't know. I just feel like at that point they're all like they're all meaningless. Well, yeah, no, they are all meaningless. They're all just a distraction from how miserable our lives are. It's and that's, all just what, a, that's the that's what it is. That's what the the benefit of Christmas music is. I okay. Well, then it, it falls short of that for me. I still I still am able to focus on how miserable my life is through Hanson's. Finally, it's Christmas. Fans, don't give me the vote there. <laughs> it's half a turn. Uh, not a particularly a great song, but at the same time, I had very low expectations with what Hanson would do musically, and it had some like catchy moments, and it was all right. All right, I'm going to judge on a very friendly curve this week because I feel like I have to. Otherwise, I'm just going to be a hater of all things Christmas music. But, dude, that's not a bad Hanson tune. I'm going to vote not a turd on that one. Not a turd. Yeah. I mean, it's not for me, but it's not a bad Christmas or a Hanson tune, so I got to go that way. Jake Owen and Parmalee team up for Christmas Spirits next on Rock 106. Dan Stansberry and his boy Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 1069. Brandon writes in and says, Stansberry, this morning we have learned that you want to bend over Rob Lowe Jeez. and that you like Wham's last Christmas. <laughs> They're like, bro, today has not been your best day. Maybe Good. it is your best day. Maybe this is a big Stansberry moment. You know what I'm Good saying? Point. Finally, get your, you know, get, let point. it all out. Step outside of that closet, maybe. Who knows? Good point, Brandon. I did not, I did not think about that. Actually, April wrote in. She said, I love when you get all mad and start telling people exactly how it is. She's like, I agree with you. She's like, I saw that new Star Wars movie. She's like, I didn't get it. She's like, and what was up with Leia's dentures? They have all that special effects, but they can't fix that. It's a good point. You haven't seen it yet. You will notice her dentures on the on the screen. It's like so noticeable because of how big the screen is. We have a uh, new Jake Owen and Parmalee have both teamed up together for this song is Christmas Spirits, and we're hoping this is about getting boozy for Christmas. Drunk. I personally think it's going to be about dead grandmas. I feel like we're getting drunk here. Is that right? Yeah. Come on. Big old dipper. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Like that blowing up, dog. Oh, it is a country song. Sorry. I heard old St. Nick was coming to town. He's going to know it. A prancer, a vixen, a mixin' them a drink right now. I'm fixin' to meet one under the mistletoe. I'm talking ho, ho, ho. We can Grown men making a song about getting wild on peppermint schnapps. That's what just happened. It started getting crazy when we started doing shots. Yeah, when I started pouring those peppermint schnapps. Tasted like a candy cane, now we kind of came off. It's all we still sipping. He really finds himself funny in this song. He's laughing at himself. Yeah, he does. He's just enjoying it, dude. Like a candy cane, now we kind of came off. It's all we still sipping that Jack, Daniels, Johnny, and Jim. Better known as the three wise men, yet yeah, tonight we rock. But tomorrow gonna be hung over like a chimney stocking. We get into the Christmas spirit. <laughs> Alright, that one I like. Gonna be hung over like a Christmas stocking. I like it. Be hung over like a chimney stocking. We get into the Christmas spirits. Lighting it up like a 
So you can't drive the Altima home, but you're going to commandeer like a reindeer sled, <laughs> and that you can navigate hammered? I'm willing to bet the cops aren't going to like that. Well, yeah, he's the one in control. I, if something were to happen, if Grandma truly were to be run over by a reindeer, Santa would be held liable for I was going to say, I mean, I know Rudolph's got the nose. He's got you lit up well enough. But, I mean, Santa's still got the reins, like making sure we're going to the right right house, right? This is what happens when you apply logic to Santa and, and the songs about Santa. If the ones in the front, y'all fly for me. It's the holidays. It's a holiday if you want to get See, like, I just don't get it. Like, dude, am I, what, am I sitting around with my family and I got the ugly sweater on and now, like, I, I'm, I'm singing New Jake Owen? Like, yeah. this is what's happening? Yeah, dude, you're sitting there at the bar, you're at the Christmas bar, maybe, or you're having some cocktails and, dude, all of a sudden this song comes oh, on? God, the music in that place just has to be obnoxious, Well, right? it's all Christmas all the time, baby. Holler if you want to get holidays. I do want to get holidays. I do. I do. I want that. Is Parmalee, has that person been a part of this yet? Is that what I, I don't know who, what Parmalee is. Yeah, no, they're, um, they're like, I don't know, they're a boy band okay. inside country okay. music. But yeah, you've heard, you've heard Parmalee. Okay, okay. Sexualizing Santa and like Santa's helper, that is weird. Um, right? Like in Bad Santa, where what's her nuts just like <laughs> ride Santa in the car? I mean, it just, it was like, dude, like a Santa fetish? I think that it's just like, uh, just like religion where it's so taboo, where it's so not supposed to be that. You know yeah, what I no, mean? Yeah, no, I get how it happens. I just think it's inappropriate. Much like I don't want nuns in my porn. Keep Santa out of my porn. Gotta leave the gifts. No. Tell us where the party girl's at. Jake going in Parmalee. What is happening right now? You know what this is? It's, it's money. It's just like there's just money laying on the ground, and all you gotta do is write this song, and you get to go pick up the money laying on the ground. Man. But as dumb as people are, you think I'd have more money, right? You would think I would have a lot more money. Don't hate on Jake Owen for picking that money up. I must be dumb or something. Dude, that was such a rap song. Jake Owen Parmalee, another one. They've been on that for <laughs> a while. Dude, I've said for the longest time, this is why country music works now. It's because they have borrowed the top 40 hip-hop model. They get each other on each other's records. They tour. There's the, They're all buddies. They all do that thing. The songs are catchy. And, dude, that's why it's all popular. Fantone, give me the vote on that one. Buddy. Not a turd. Yay. I mean, I thought the song was pretty decent. Like, it was catchy. It was fun. It was easy to listen to. And and then, like, the concept of, like, hey, we're all adults getting drunk.
drunk Christmas time together? I'm going to say not a turd. I liked it. I am going to go the complete opposite way and vote turd on that. It's a turd. I did not like that one at all. We have a Foo Fighters mashup for you. We'll play you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. I mean, I think they're leaps and bounds better than Nirvana. I think it's like so obvious. Catalog, I mean, essentially, there's just more music, first of all. Right. And second of all, it's just, dude, I think it's that much better. I throw myself into That's like sacrilege to say, but not of the rest. It's correct though. I think yeah. I mean honestly, like they're a way better band. If you're just looking at it from like you take your fandom out of it, you take maybe the influential nature of Nirvana, that's that's the one thing that I give them more credit on is the influential nature. But other than that, when it comes to hits, when it comes to like, I agree with that. They made a bunch of bands want to play, and yet I can't list the band that is so Nirvana influenced that then burned up the charts themselves. Fair. You know what I mean? That sounds like, oh yeah, you definitely took something from Nirvana and kind of made it your thing. Now people are going to say, well, what about Pearl Jam? What about Soundgarden? But all that stuff was coming out at the same time. Right. Those bands weren't necessarily influenced by... Kind of maybe influenced one another in their sound and playing together and this and that, but necessarily I'm talking about the band that grew up a fan of Nirvana blowing up the charts where you can hear it derived in their music, and I I can't think of that example. Not that there isn't one. Everlong's a really good song, too. You know, I once heard a rumor that this song, and Dave Grohl was the one who was talking about it, where apparently this song has ties to child abuse, where, like, he was being punished, and his dad used to make him stand at the front door and hold his, like, work boots out, Jeez. one in each arm for hours on end, and that that's where, like, Everlong comes from, is having to do that for Everlong. Come down and waste away with me. Down with me. Slow out. You wanted it to be. I'm over my head, out of the head, she sang. God, when you think about how old this song is now, 20 years, right? 97? That's what I was going to say. 95, 96, somewhere in there? 20 years there. Somewhere in there? Everything could ever feel this real forever. And I always say, man, you got to give him credit, dude, because again, Nirvana was a huge band, wildly popular, and he was the drummer. So to come from behind the drum kit of one of the most influential rock bands of all all time and then become the lead singer and guitar player of a band that stands on its own that ends up being better it just dude that just speaks to what a great musician Dave Grohl is if anything could ever be this good again I promise they play Christmas music eventually the only thing I'll ever ask of you gotta promise not to stop when I say when she said there it is. The 
Has Foo Fighters ever done a song with a female vocalist with like a you know a special guest, Amy Lee or whatever one of those bras you want to bring out? Outside of like like those like VH1 Rock Honors award shows, I don't think so. Yeah, I think that would be something interesting for them to do. You know what I'm saying? Like to have a little duet action there with Dave Grohl and some chick. I, I feel like that's maybe uncharted territory they should try. To Not explore. a bad idea. I don't know if they have or not. I can't think of it, but yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. This is a tough question. I'm being asked, who's the better drummer to front man, Dave Grohl or Phil Collins? Dude, that's tough. That is a tough question. And that's dude, honestly, tough. both very good starting bands and then both went on to have, you know, great success in their own, you know, future endeavors. That is a tough question. Different dude. in the regard that Phil did it in the same band. So that's different. But you can make the argument that when Peter Gabriel left Genesis, people thought, okay, it's this, over. this right. is over. Right, any career they have is done. And so then to have a bigger career after that happens, um, and it's hard not to throw, and you shouldn't, but it's hard not to throw Phil's solo catalog into it. It's hard to separate that. Yeah, I know you shouldn't for the sake of the argument, but it's going to be hard not to do that. Yeah, he had a bunch of great songs on his own. Edge, Phil Collins. There you go. Phil Collins. Phil was one of the best shows I've ever seen live, too. He was so good. Merry Christmas, everybody! Merry Christmas! Happy New Year, everybody! Playing the drums for a while. Do it, Taylor. Do that. Just Keep play more of them, Taylor. You're wearing a funny Christmas sweater. Play the drums more. There you go. There's the Foo Fighters doing a little medley. Fans, don't give me the vote there. But. It's a turn. I like Foo Fighters. I like Christmas music, but I didn't understand why they did this. You played Everlong at the beginning, which sounded great, was awesome. But then, like, you didn't even sing the Christmas songs. You just played guitar through through through, through the the Peanut song, and then you had the the, the backup singers singing the Christmas. Why why'd you do it? Just make just sing Everlong. Oh, then. the Peanuts thing fell flat on me. I didn't even realize. Yeah, it. that's exactly what it was. Was the Peanuts? I didn't get that. I didn't get that. And that's why it's because it was played differently. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even know that. 
Um, oh, I guess Nora Jones was on In Your Honor singing Virginia Moon. You're right. Okay. Dustin yeah, tweeted okay. that in. You're right about that. I forgot okay. about In Your Honor, um, which, by the way, what a great record that was. Yeah, I just think the Foo Fighters were a way better band than Nirvana, but I'm with you. I felt like that medley left a lot to be desired. Could have done mu- it cool, but you didn't. Yeah, but you just didn't do it. There was a way to rock up Silent Night. Right. There was a way. To, yeah, there was a way to do a bunch of that. I got to vote turd on that. It's a turd. We do have some Canton Charge tickets. That game is Friday. South Bay Lakers in town at the Civic Center. We'll send you. We'll take caller 17 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. Aside from that, this show's done for the day. And we'll be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon while I go play golf. See you.